Please turn with me this evening to Luke's Gospel, chapter 12 and verse 13. Luke 12, verse 13. In one of the company, a man said unto him, Master, speak to my brother, that he divide the inheritance with me. Now we're looking uh, this evening, friends, at uh, this parable of the rich fool. The rich fool. Uh, the Lord spoke this parable in response to uh, this man's interruption. And I just want to briefly uh, look at this, the background, uh, before we go into the parable, what happened, what, a little bit what led up uh, to uh, this, the Lord's giving us this parable. And it was this man, one of the company, who said, Master, speak to my brother, that he divide the inheritance with me. It's an astonishing request, friends. It's an astonishing interruption, we should say. The Lord is in the middle of preaching, and He's speaking about heavenly things, and He's speaking about wonderful things. And there are thousands who are listening to Him, such a multitude, such a huge crowd, that you cannot count how many they are. Everyone is transfixed by what Christ is saying. Everyone is in full attention, hanging on to His words, because no one spake like he did. And yet this man, he has the impertinence to interrupt the Lord. And furthermore, his question is nothing to do with a spiritual things that Christ is talking about. His question is only to do with the inheritance. It's a selfish request. All the while the Lord has been preaching, and all the while he's been thinking about his brother and how his brother has been maybe unfair to him. Whether or not that's true, we don't know. But he's been thinking about his inheritance. He's been thinking about what he's losing out on in this life when, when the Lord is bringing before him eternal truths and the need and the things which are more important than money. Look at some of those things that he mentions here. The importance of fearing God. The importance of having reverence for God. The importance of his soul, the value of man, that man is more valuable than many sparrows. He talked about hell just before he mentioned that. And uh, the need to fear God who has power to cast into hell. And he's thinking, not thinking about that. He's thinking rather about money or his inheritance and what he's losing out on. Furthermore, in verse 8 and 9, the Lord was speaking and preaching on the urgent need to believe in Him and the consequences of rejecting Him. He that conf confesses me before, sorry, verse, verse 8, whosoever shall confess me before men, him shall the Son of Man also confess before the angels of God. But he that denieth me before men shall be denied before the angels of God. Crucial things, vital things. But this man is only thinking about his earthly inheritance and the way his brother was treating him. Well, friends, it may be that we are like that too. So preoccupied with this life that the things of God don't really matter to us. The things of God, 
We, we, maybe we hear of them, we hear of forgiveness that's available from God, from God of all our sins. We hear of a clear conscience that we can have. We, can, we hear about a God who is willing to pardon us and give us a new life and a new beginning. And we just let these things wash over us. It doesn't affect us. It doesn't touch us. It doesn't go deeply into us because we've got other things on our mind. We've got earthly things on our mind. Earthly matters is what fills our thoughts. Well, we don't know the whole situation with this man. Had he been unjustly treated? Is he asking for justice from the Lord? We don't know, perhaps. Or was he just being over-selfish and uh, wanting a bigger uh, part of the inheritance than he was entitled to? But he wanted Christ to get involved. He wanted Christ to become an arbitrator in this matter. And he wanted Christ to side with him. Oh, if I have Christ on my side, uh, that will be good. I will go to my brother. Everyone knows Christ. I can use his influence. And it, surely he will listen uh, to what the Lord uh, says. But the Lord was having nothing to do with it. And we read that here. Who made me man? Who made me a judge or divider over you? That's not his role in this world. That's not why he came into this world to settle legal disputes. He had, besides, he had no right to do that. There were judges in the land. They could do that. They could sort these things out. This is a family matter, a family affair, a legal affair. Let them go to the judges. But it's not Christ's mission. He didn't come for that purpose. He came, as you know, his mission was to save souls. His mission was to point people to God and call people to come uh, to Himself. He came to teach the way to heaven. He came to show that, that life is more than uh, possessions. Life is more than uh, becoming rich, uh, which so many people are seeking after. He came to call people to come to Him for a better life, a truer life, a contented life, which is the spiritual life. He came to illuminate us in these ways, but not to settle earthly legal uh, disputes. Verse 15, he said unto them, the people, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. That is, not, not only money, but all kinds of covetousness is included here. And we could put it under the one umbrella of materialism. The life, the person who chooses to live only for the here and now. The person who chooses only perhaps to live for his possessions and who has no thought of God. That's the thing. He is only living an earthly life. He may not even be involved in very sinful things, outwardly sinful things, but he's just living, getting on with his, in his life without God, without any reference to God. It may be a poor person. It doesn't have to be a rich person. This man, in this case, yes, he was a rich man, but it could be a poor person who just get going on in life, but no reference to God, only thinking about things in this world and possessions. And the Lord here says, take heed, watch out, beware of being only a purely materialistic person. It's a, it's a warning of, uh, to us. Life is more than that, he says to us. 
Yeah, it's a, it, be careful about such a lifestyle. It will ruin you. It will take you away from God. It will take you away from uh, eternity. It's a, it's a danger, a real danger to your eternal destiny. If you carry on in this way, it will take you to hell. How much we need to heed that warning. Take heed of that kind of material, uh, materialistic lifestyle. And this is what this parable is all about. A parable, uh, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning, we often say. But this, this parable is to uh, give us a picture. Here was a man who lived a materialistic uh, life, who lived only for the here and now, and see what happened to him. Don't follow uh, his example. It's not a censure against riches, but it's a censure against uh, living only for the things of time. Well, look at verse 16. He spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. You notice how it's put? The emphasis is on the ground. The emphasis is not on the rich man. The ground, brought, uh, the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. This man's land, well, was uh, super fertile, we could say. He brought forth tons and tons of fruit and crops. And all this rich man, it seems, had to do was, was to get his servants to sow and to plow and sow and uh, make sure it was watered and so on, the basic things. And it, it flourished. It, it grew. It multiplied. He wasn't any exceptional farmer. He wasn't such a great uh, had innovative ideas of the time to produce such a, a, a field. No, he was just an ordinary man. Probably, most probably, even the land was not originally his. He probably inherited the land, and it would have been a lot of land, not just one field. It would have been uh, field after field. Uh, that's what's suggested by the text. And uh, it, would, it would have been something that he would have inherited, more likely, from his dad rather than something that he'd uh, gone about earning for himself. So we can say his contribution really to the growth and to the prosperity of that land was really very minimal. And yet the way he's looking at it and treats it is as if it's down to him. God had sent the rain. God had caused the sun to shine. God had kept that ground free from disease. God had kept it free from uh, plagues and those crop-destroying uh, weather. And uh, so he really ought to have been thankful to his, to, the make, to his maker, to God. But there's no thanks from his side. There's no feeling of indebtedness. Oh, I owe God. I'm so thankful to him for such an abundance. And friends, we too, every one of us here, every human, I think, can say, that we are rich, rich in abilities. I think they say only certain people can multitask. I think that's wrong. I think we can all multitask in the sense that we can, we can do so many things. We're not just able to do one thing. We're able to do so many uh, things. For example, uh, we, you know, we, we're able to cook. And if you, if you can go from cooking to baking, and you can, go for, you can drive, and you can learn a new language, and if you put yourself, your mind to it, well, you can maybe learn a subject and then teach it. 
you can uh, raise uh, children, you're able maybe to learn a sport or to play a sport very well. So many different facets of life that we can apply ourselves to and do it well and be successful in. Well, that's from God, friends. Even the ability to do that, to manage our, our, ourselves, our, our, even our, to manage our finances and so on, to communicate, so, such a variety of things that we are able to do. And that's what we owe, down, owe to God. Do we thank Him? Do we give Him the glory for all these blessings? Or are we like this rich man and we take all the credit uh, to ourselves? Well, this man, this uh, rich man, verse uh, 17, uh, he didn't give any thanks to God. He gave, took all the credit for himself. And in verse 17, he thought within himself saying, what shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits, my crops. He's not... He's uh, only thinking here about himself. He's not thinking about other people. Yes, he's got a great abundance. What's he going to do with it? Should he distribute it uh, to others? Oh, no, he's only thinking about uh, himself. Oh, I can see him. Can you see him? There he is on the roof of his mansion, and he's looking out over those fields perhaps. And he's saying to himself, with glee in his heart, what shall I do? I have such an abundance, so much I have in, uh, given to me, oh, so much I have earned, what shall I do with it all? Or perhaps he was there lying on his bed, his soft and comfortable bed at night, musing over it, there going round and round in, in his head, oh, what a delightful problem I have in my, before me, what a wonderful challenge. What am I going to do with my riches? What am I going to do with this increase? Where shall I store all, all, this, all these things? It never once crossed his mind. I can give some to the poor. There's those poor neighbors down the road, and they don't really have very much. I should give some to them. And then there's my servants. They've been working very hard for me so many years. I think I'll give them a bonus. They deserve it. Uh, especially now with this extra coming in. Oh, there are other people in the city. They, they would benefit. No, no thought about others. All for himself. All for me. And this comes through so vividly in this parable. Five times it's been pointed out. That he, say, he uses the word I. I, I, I. What shall I do? This will I do. I will do this. Uh, I will say to my soul and so on. And five times, mys, my bounds, my fruits, my goods, every, my soul. Selfish person that he is. He's only thinking about himself. It never once crossed his mind that he is a steward of these things. All, all that he has, he's been given by God to use wisely and in a way that would please the Lord. No, he never once thought like that. He only thought, how can I use it for my own uh, benefit? And all he could see was gain. It was rather like you know, some of these children's cartoons that you, you come across. And uh, oh, when a person, you know, one of these cartoon characters and an opportunity they see before them for making money, and suddenly you see the eyes expand and light up, and you see the dollar signs 
uh, in both eyes because they're making, they can see such an opportunity. This man is like that. All he can see is an opportunity for himself to become richer than he really is, that, that, uh, richer in this world. Verse 18, he, he said, look at these words, friends. This will I do. This is such uh, self-confident language, overconfident language. This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. But don't you know that, that plans don't always go according to plan? You're a man. You're not a, a novice. You're not just starting off in life where you're learning these things. You've, you're an experienced person by now. Surely you've had plans which have gone, uh, have, haven't gone aright. Surely you know that things happen. Difficulties come along the way. Problems happen. Things stall. Things don't always work out as, as you plan. How can you be so sure, so confident that everything is just going to be fine and that your plan will work out? Don't you know that plans are often hindered Often, they're just ditched altogether because they're, gonna, they're not going to work out. Surely, oh man, you should say, if God will, if God will, I will do so and so. I'll pray to Him for blessing. I will depend on Him. I will uh, bring God into this matter. I will see what He wants me to do. There's none of that. God is not in His thoughts. God is not in his plans. He doesn't pray to God. He doesn't depend on God. He's a self-made man. And look, what's he thinking about, friends? There in verse 18, I will, he's thinking only about my fruits and my goods. Only his possessions. This is what he's uh, musing upon. My fruits and my goods. Is that me? Is that me, friends? I'm only thinking about my possessions. I'm only thinking about my car, my house, my health maybe, my mobile phone, being very careful about these things, my branded goods, or oh, afraid maybe to lose them. I must protect them, must keep them, must make sure that no one steals them from me. I'm only thinking about earthly things, or perhaps I'm thinking, well, I want more of them. I want a bigger house. I want a smarter phone. I want a faster car. So many, so many friends are thinking in this way only about possessions, just like uh, this man uh, here in the parable. But verse 19, he says, I will say to my soul. What will you say, friend? Oh man, what will you say to your immortal soul? Will you say, get right with God? Will you say, oh, now's the time to be thankful to him. Look how God has blessed me. I must take this opportunity to repent and to turn to him. Oh, I must say to my soul, I've neglected God too long. Now I must make use of this opportunity here before me. What a fool I have been, I will say to myself, to leave him out for so many years of my life, to live here uh, and, and never once praise Him and worship Him and thank Him. And yet still, He has been so kind to me, I will repent. I will turn to God. No, none of that again. None of that comes into His words. What He says 
Verse 19, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. He overrides any pangs of conscience. He smothers its voice, and he reassures himself, everything's good. Life is good. You can, you can rest well now. You've got it made now. You can take, put your feet up now. Everything's going to be fine for life, for the rest of your life. You have many goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. You've made it. You're an accomplished man. You've made it for life. Sit back and just enjoy life. Sit back and just enjoy everything now. Take it easy. Eat, drink, and be, be merry. The word there, merry, means be in a good frame of mind. Be in a good frame of mind. Be happy every day. You've got nothing to worry about anymore uh, because now you're so rich. Take it easy, friends. Take it easy, this man. When you're unforgiven, when God is angry with you because of your sins, when you're under God's judgment, and you're still guilty before Him, and all our sins, your sins are unforgiven, and you're saying, be happy every day, be merry, forget about these things. May, you've made no provision for the next world, you've made provision for this world, but nothing for the next. And you can say, take it easy. Oh, we shouldn't be, he shouldn't have said that to himself. Verse 20 Look what God said unto him. He tried to smother his conscience, to speak peace to it. But God said unto him, probably through his conscience, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast uh, provided? He said one thing, God said another. He said, All is well with me. I am a wise person for this plan that I've come up with, God said to him, Thou fool, it's a foolish way to govern your life, to live your life. He said to himself, I have many years, many, many years ahead of me. Oh, life is going to be so wonderful. God said to him, Tonight, not many years' time, you will, you will meet with me and give your soul will be required of me. Not in, a, not in a year's time, not in a month's time, not in 24 hours' time. Tonight, thy soul will be required of me. And he said to himself, I have many goods to enjoy. God said to him, you're going to leave those goods. You're going to say a forever goodbye to them. You'll never see them again uh, tonight. There's going to be an eternal separation from them. You'll leave them all behind. <clears throat> a millionaire, uh, two people talking, uh, were re referring to a millionaire who had uh, passed away. And one of them said to the other, how much did he leave behind? And the, the other replied, all he had. All he had. That's true, isn't it, friends? We leave everything behind if we don't have the Lord. How long do we have in this life? We dare not say many years. We dare not presume on many years. Only just this afternoon I was telling the, the children 
in the Sunday school of a young man, and he was uh, living in Wales, 23 years old, energetic man, loved American football, very popular with his friends and his family, and a very excited young man, and uh, had a, a good sense of humor, made people laugh in his company, loved to travel, and had big plans and big intentions for life. He was going to be a millionaire, that's what he was telling people. And one day, he went to bed, and he never woke up again. 23 years old, just last month this happened. Who was to say? No indication. He wasn't unwell, he wasn't sick, healthy young man. One day he's here, the next uh, he is gone. He dare not, friends, uh, say we have many years. Our life is in God's hands. God said to him, this man, thou fool, thou fool. But how did he say it? Perhaps, friends, he said it with great pity for him, rather than in a condemning way. Oh, foolish man, why didn't you turn to me when you had the chance? Why did you live such a life when the offers came from me? I gave you proofs. I called you to myself time and time again. Why did you choose such a, a, a way? I would have forgiven you. I would have cleansed you. I would have given you real happiness and contentment. I would have given you true peace in your conscience, in yourself. I would have made you a better person, but you rebuffed all my efforts to, to win you over, to bring you to myself. Perhaps, friends, it was in this kind way that the word that God spoke uh, to this man. Oh, friends, can we hear the Lord's voice speaking to us? That the most foolish things, in a foolish way, the most senseless thing I can do in my lifetime is to reject the Savior, to turn a deaf ear to His repeated calls, to think nothing of Christ, coming into the world, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, coming into this world and dying on, on the cross to save all those who will trust in Him, to bear the punishment of sin. Does this mean nothing to me? And I can just pass it by? Oh, friends, that would be a foolish thing to do, to turn my back on God's offer of free forgiveness just through, uh, through trusting in Christ a spiritual dimension to my life, heaven in the world to come, or to live only for the here and now. That's foolish. Don't do it, friends. Don't live in this way. Only Christ can give you a satisfying and a fulfilling life, a truly rich life. And that's what comes through in verse 21. So is he that layeth up treasure for himself, and is not rich toward God. The fool is the one who is materialistic, who is not uh, rich towards God. He only has his earthly possessions. He only has those possessions which are temporary, and he cannot take those things uh, with him. He leaves everything uh, behind. Naked he came into this world, and naked he leaves uh, the world. But the Christian, yes, he could say naked he comes into the world, but he doesn't leave really empty-handed. He doesn't leave the same, in a similar way because he, he has spiritual possessions he takes with him. He came without faith. Now he, in life he comes to believe in the Lord. He leaves with faith. He came 
without the knowledge of God and the love for God, and he leaves uh, with a love uh, for the, the Savior. He is, not, uh, he is rich in spiritual possessions, peace with God, a, a conscience free from guilt, a conscience that no longer accuses him and condemns him, rather becomes even his friend to assure him that he is the Lord's. He has faith in Jesus Christ. Oh, these are just some of the things that he carries with him in this life as a believer and will carry with him into the next life. Friends, this is, uh, this is a warning, yes, but also a call from the Lord to come to him, to realize that our life, will be, uh, our life is meant uh, to be, have this spiritual dimension to it to have God and Christ uh, in it. And I just close uh, with this one appeal. What shall I do? What shall I do? You can use those words of this man. This will I do, he said in verse 18, but use it in a good way. This will I do, he said, and you can say the same. This will I do. I will repent of my sin. I will trust in Jesus Christ. I will give my life over to him. I will wait upon him. I will ask him to change me and to make me a new person. This will I do until, and I will ask him until he grants me my desire. Oh, friends, come to the Savior. Come to him even tonight. And may the Lord uh, bless these words uh, to us. Let's pray uh, together. Oh, God, help us, we pray to lift our eyes above this earthly world, this fallen world, this unsatisfying world. Oh Lord, help us to lift our eyes above these things to Thee, the God who truly uh, is and who uh, grants that deep joy and happiness uh, even in this life. Bring us, we pray, uh, to the Savior. Bring us, O oh Lord, make each one of us rich in spiritual blessings, rich, O oh Lord, in Thee, that we may know a Christ and know salvation to the joy and delight of our souls. Bless us, we pray. In the Saviour's name we ask. Amen. Well, let's close by singing our final hymn, number 402, I Thought That I Was Strong, Lord, 402.